0: Hello and thanks for joining us for Broncos post game live. I am Phil Milani alongside Nick Ferguson. The Broncos fall to the Raiders in overtime 22 to 16. We got a lot to break down unpack here from this game. Nick, uh, another disappointing loss for the Broncos.
1: Yeah, another disappointing loss for the Broncos. But I have to tell you Phil at the on the first half. I thought the Broncos established somewhat of a new groove with a new offensive guy calling the plays and Clint Kubiak we saw Russell on the center more than we've seen him this season and the run game as though it wasn't really explosive, but it was quite efficient. So I had high hopes for this team, but as always, they find a way to lose the ball game.
0: Yeah, I mean, what happened in the second half? Because I agree with you, uh, Nick, it looked good in the uh in the first half things were rolling they had a chance right before halftime to actually extend that lead weren't able to do that and then in the third quarter once again the broncos uh find a way to not get the ball in the into the raiders territory at all and then in the fourth quarter it's just such a tight game always week after week with this team
1: well that's the one thing you know bad teams find ways to lose close games i know usually coaches would tell you when a team loses a a close game like this is because they play great defense. But sometimes you have to learn how to win games like this. But unfortunately, once again, it's rinse-repeat cycle for the Denver Broncos. You talk about Melvin Gordon fumble with the chance to score or at least set up an opportunity for the Broncos to score. Right after that, their field goal is blocked. blocked. It's just like how many times have we seen this movie to know exactly how it's going to end? But once again, the week's change, but we're looking for an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist, but it seems to work out every single week the same way. I mean, come on, Phil. <laughs> you
0: mean he's still alive? Yes, uh, he's you... still alive.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Come on. Well, uh, this game unfolded like just like uh, Nick said, uh, like just a lot of the games the Broncos have played this year. Their ninth one-score game out of ten. I mean, it's hard to believe. Uh, let's show you some of the highlights here, how things unfolded. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett giving up play calling to Clint Kubiak, and the Broncos opening drive looked really sharp. Uh, here it's Kendall Hinton, the Hall of Famer, uh, making a heck of a, a grab there. He dives for the end zone, ends up just being a one yard short, set up Latavius Murray for the one yard score. It's the first opening drive touchdown for the Broncos this season. The Raiders, though, bounce back, Uh, you knew Devontae Adams would find the end zone, 31-yard touchdown there. His ninth receiving score of the season leads the NFL, and you knew this game was going to be tied. Of course it went to overtime, and in overtime, it really, two plays here that killed the Broncos. Uh, Foster Moreau, the Raiders' tight end, his first catch of the game, good for 33 yards, And then Devontae Adams, uh, the game winner here from 35 yards out. He is wide open and he waves goodbye to Broncos country. The Raiders go on to win 22 to 16. And the Broncos fall to three and seven on the year. Uh, Looking at some of the numbers here. uh, Not your usual day for the Broncos uh, defense. 109 rushing yards for Josh Jacobs. Uh, He had uh, another great performance. It seems like he always saves his best for the Broncos. Uh, The Broncos, three for 12 on third down. Their struggles there continue, and uh, just 320 yards of total offense. Uh, It seemed like things were going well, uh, Nick, especially when the Broncos uh, kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter there. It felt like, and they went up 16-13, you felt like, hey, this was going to be the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Phil. We felt as though, once again, watching this game, The team was establishing some of the rhythm obviously you know what the defense was capable of and at that point josh jacob wasn't hitting his stride so the idea was that okay well this would be a game that the broncos jump out front we know the raiders have found ways to lose the game so the idea was that this was an opportunity for the broncos to strike while the iron is hot and unfortunately like you said i mean the defensive unit that's played well all season long Somehow, once again, they seem to falter against Josh Jacobs on the ground.
0: I mean, it seems like the Raiders, they had two weapons, really. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he had 24 carries for 109 yards, and Devontae Adams, the other main weapon there. Adams, uh, seven catches, 141 yards, and two touchdowns.
1: Well, here's the other weapon that the Raiders deploy. but, I mean, you look at the numbers, and they're kind of hidden. It's the offensive line. The offensive line did a great job down the stretch, giving Derek Carr time to find Foster Monroe trying to find Devontae Adams on both of those touchdowns and the last time we saw this Broncos defense facing against the Raiders they knew what they were up against as far as giving up yards on the ground but we didn't expect for them to give up two explosive touchdowns like they gave up to Devontae Adams.
0: Well, we got a lot to get to uh, here on Broncos postgame live. We'll talk about Russell Wilson's game. We'll talk about uh, what happened with this defense. We'll talk about six Consecutive losses to the Raiders, but for now, let's go out to Empower Field at Mile High and check in with our A team. It's Alexis Perry and Eric. DeLocco. Thanks so
2: much, Phil. You know, another close game for both of these teams. Unfortunately, the Broncos are not able to get it done in overtime. Can you put into perspective, Eric, just how crushing this loss feels at this point in the season?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, Alexis, because you feel like you've got a chance here to knock off a division opponent, yep. beat the Raiders for the first time uh, in five tries. Obviously, they come in with a big winning streak here against the. Broncos haven't beat them at home since 2019 and you feel like you have a chance to do it it's a third time this season you go up 10 to nothing and it just feels like no matter what the Broncos are just finding ways to lose these games and so it is difficult I mean any any semblance of
4: playoff hopes that were left they just they get a little bit worse here today with this loss and I'm
3: sure you know the fact that the loss came to the came to the Raiders just makes it even worse for the guys
0: Uh, Sorry about that. It looked like some technical difficulties there uh, uh, from uh, Alexis Perry and Eric Dalala there. But uh, Nick, uh, they were mentioning the Broncos uh, had a chance to snap a five-game losing streak to the Raiders. You never want to lose to the Raiders six consecutive times, but I guess it makes it sting a little bit more that it's against the silver and black.
1: Yeah, the Raiders week is always a tough week if you are a player or you're a fan of the Denver Broncos and knowing as though you've lost to them as many times as you have. It it, it was kind of fans holding on hope like this was going to be the game that the Broncos were able to turn things around. But now when you look at the bottom, not just of, you know, the AFC division, but just the conference win itself. I mean, now you're in a cellar with the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's kind of a tough spot uh, to be in. But this is going to be a disappointing uh, loss for the Broncos. And we saw how the team responded last week when they lost to the Tennessee Titans. So I can only imagine what the emotions are going to be like at the podium. But more importantly, for this team moving forward, knowing as though they lost this game at home, six, six consecutive losses to your division riders and the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to uh, lose a bunch of games in a row to the Chiefs. You know, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, but now six in a row against the division rival, uh, the Raiders. Uh, it's tough to swallow. The Broncos dropped to 3-7 and seven on the season. Let's talk about Russell Wilson's game a little bit. Uh, a new guy in his ear, uh, Nathaniel Hackett, giving the play-calling duties to Clint Kubiak, the quarterback's coach. Uh, w- what did you think about how Russ uh, played today? It, it seemed like they got the ball out quickly. It seemed like they were doing some positive things.
1: Well, I was really impressed with what I saw from Russ. You know, Russ has been under a lot of fire as of late, not getting the ball out of his hands, having problems, you know, connecting with his wide receivers. But once again, going back to the first half of the game, I thought Russ did a great job working from under center, but also in the shotgun, checking plays at the line of scrimmage, making the quick throw, not not the ill-advised throw, but making the quick throw. Still some issues up front with the pressure, and they were still getting after him, but still at the same time, russ took a lot of shots from linebacker denzel perriman but the one thing i was happy about he was still able to look down the field and throw the ball and the biggest thing for me we saw greg Dulcich get involved we saw kendall hinton get involved obviously out of necessity but still you have some weapons on this team and you saw a kubiak wanted to actually showcase those guys and get the ball out of the hands because max crosby is a beast outside but once again he has the offense number, and he was really disruptive today.
0: Uh, Russell Wilson sacked three times in this game, better than the six times he went down uh, a a week ago. But they did find some rhythm on the offensive side of the ball. Let's go back out to Empower Field at Mile High right now and check in with the Broncos head coach at the podium.
5: Uh, First, I just want to say my my prayers and condolences to all the people that are suffering from the shooting. Um, this past uh, evening uh, is, is something that, you know, we all think about and is is such a horrible thing. Um, but just wanted to be sure I said something about that. Um, to the injuries, uh, Chase Edmonds did not finish. Uh, he's got an ankle. And Jonathan Harris did not finish. He's got a knee.
0: Yeah, Coach, uh, two-part. First one, just explain why handing over the play-calling duties to Clint Kubiak, and then I'll follow up.
5: Uh, with that, for me, you know, I want to do whatever I can to help this team. You know We're so close. We continually talk about this over and over again. A couple plays here and there, and, and there's a lot of different outcomes. And uh, I have to look at myself first, see if there's something that I can do to give uh, con- some kind of a, a spark to the offense. So I thought it would be good if I uh, kind of stepped away from that, let Clint get upstairs, uh, be able to see it from a bird's eye view up in the box, and uh, see if that would, would help us and allow Justin Allen to be down on the sideline, talk with Russell, talk with him about the runs. And uh, so I thought that would uh, help us. And so I wanted to be sure I, I had that opportunity to give that to him.
0: And then, secondly, you know, it turned out the final result, much like previous games, you scored 16 points, you had a 10 nothing lead like last week, and then the offense couldn't sustain it. What was the problems in the second half, especially?
5: Yeah, we need to uh, keep looking at all the different things that we're doing. Uh, We need to be sure that we're moving the chain, scoring points, finishing drives. Had a chance there at the end of that first half to get some more points, and we came away with nothing. Uh, It's unacceptable. You know, we we can't do that. we got to score a touchdown, I mean, at least get the field goal, and we didn't come away with either, so uh, that's frustrating. And uh, we got to keep on working to get Cortland the ball, all the different things that we can do, get Latavius going. I thought he had a pretty nice game. Uh, So got to find ways to score points.
0: Melvin was in on the goal line on that fumble. Is Are you involved in that rotation? or Because he's doing some good things, but he's had issues clearly fumbling. What is Where's the decision in terms of him being in the game at that point? Because that fumble seemed to change the momentum.
5: Yeah, he's he scored a lot of touchdowns down there. I mean, for us, too, he's been in our, our tank package, our goal line package. Um, he, he's had a lot of opportunities there, and he's, he's scored a lot of touchdowns f- uh, for us. And uh, So in that situation, he's got to be smart with it. He can't fumble. He knows that. You you just can't do that. That's unacceptable. And uh, I mean, we got to find a way to get the ball in the end zone. And at that moment, it was Melvin. And uh, we had another running back go down. Um, So we only had two. So he was in there and uh, can't fumble
3: it. Uh, Nathaniel, what what was the conversation like over the course of the two-minute warning and then coming to the decision to throw the ball there on third and 10? rather than running it and, and taking the time off the clock?
5: Yeah, we were, we were discussing on whether or not we wanted to run the ball, we want to get our ch- ourselves a chance to be able to close the game out and win it. Um, so we called a pass, and uh, you, you got to keep the clock running, one way or the other, uh, whether you take a shot down the field and, and you try to go up, maybe get a PI opportunity, because if you do catch it, you have a chance to win the game, and it's great. Um, if it doesn't, the one thing, you know, we, we just want to be sure that clock is running if we can, if unless we have a chance for the shot to win the game.
4: Hey, just following up on that, just why was there that notion where you just did you say to Russell anything but an incompletion or at that point are you just saying we're running this play?
5: Well, we communicate we wanted to be able to take a shot down the field. And uh, and we wanted to try to be we knew they were what kind of coverage they were going to be in. Um, But if something happened in the pocket or anything like that, um, that's one of those situations you can take a sack uh, or you could just run the ball. But uh, we we didn't want obviously we want the clock running in that situation. Uh,
3: Nate, you said earlier
2: this week that, you know, every every day you're always coaching for your job. Is that still on your mind about your job moving forward? And, And also have you talked to George or Greg about your future?
5: Uh, for me, everything's about this team and the staff. I've told you guys that before. I mean, I just want to do everything I can to help this team win. Um, you know, we've been so close. We've had so many opportunities. We've had a lot of things happen uh, this year that are unfortunate, and, but we have to continually find ways to win. That's my sole uh, purpose. That's all I'm looking to do. Um, whatever happens, those things I can't control. And uh, always communicate with everybody, talk about everything, show them all the different things that are going on so they, they can have all their, answers, uh, their, their questions answered
3: and uh, go from there. Nate, operationally, did everything go the way you wanted with the switch of of having Clint upstairs and, and Justin down there and freeing you up? Were you happy with that part of it and is that going to be the plan going forward? Uh, we'll
5: evaluate it, you know, like, like we say, we're always evaluating everything, but I thought that everything went really smooth. I thought Clint uh, did a good job working with Justin, getting the plays that they wanted to get in. I thought the operation was fine. I thought, uh, again, that first half there was a lot of good stuff. Uh, I think that if you know we have an opportunity to score some points at the end of the half there, I think that momentum's a little bit different. Uh, but uh, f- from moving forward, we'll see, we'll see how it goes.
3: Nate, it's been it's been a recurring theme, but just kind of from a slightly different vantage point today. What you guys continue to, to create ten zero, you know, a ten zero lead for the second week in a row. have the offense going in the first half, and then and then the second half just not duplicating it. What did you see today that wasn't working in the second half that was in the first?
5: Yeah, we, we I need to get a closer look uh, at it after watching the tape I'll probably uh, be able to get a better feel for it uh, you know in the end you got to convert it's the same stuff you got to convert on third down you got to be able to run the ball protect the quarterback all those things are the things that we got to be great at and uh, we just got to find ways to be able to do that Final two pack, Graham, and Eric. Yeah, I know you
3: haven't seen the film yet, but what happened on that breakdown on the game-winning play there? Did you I mean, did you have any sense what happened?
5: Uh, yeah, I was watching the pass rush. Uh, looking back, obviously saw Devontae was open. I imagine uh, there might have been a match or some, maybe somebody fell off or, or something like that. So we'll have to look at the tape and figure that out. Um, it was pretty crazy at the end there, so didn't get to talk to the defensive guys yet.
4: Uh- from an offensive standpoint, Crosby had another couple sacks. What sort of problems did he pose for you guys and then Josh Jacobs on the other side of the ball? Uh,
5: you know, I give so much credit to the Raiders. They did a great job. I mean, Max is uh, is one of the best players in the, in the NFL. I mean, he's a, he's a dominant defensive end, and he continually shows that. And um, he got the two sacks, uh, and it's one of those things. We knew that he was going to be a threat, and uh, we got to do an even better job, you know, being able to handle him. And, uh, you know, J- uh, Jacobs is a gr- very good running back. I mean, he ran hard. You know, there was a lot of contact. The guys were hitting him and he was moving him. Um, we knew they were going to run the ball and, and he did a nice job again. Thank you very much Bill. Thank you.
0: All right, that's Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett uh, after a disappointing 22-16 loss to the Raiders in overtime. We're back here in studio. I'm Phil Milani alongside Nick Ferguson. Let's talk a little bit about what he was saying there, the reason why he gave play-calling uh, duties to Clint Kubiak. thought maybe it would give a spark to this Broncos offense, and he also wanted offensive coordinator Justin Outen down on the sidelines so he could talk uh, face-to-face with Russell Wilson.
1: Well, I love that. First and foremost, let me say that I love the fact that Coach Hackett was able to make the adjustment. But I'm sure most people in Broncos country are wondering the same thing that I'm wondering. Why so late, right? Better late than never, but why not do it earlier in the season? Because if they felt as though there were some issues with Russell and having his coaches on the sideline, being able to have that one-on-one communication, that dialogue, go ahead and make that change early in the season. And something interesting Coach Hackett said that, The Broncos will have to see, or well, he will have to see moving forward, whether they continue to allow Clint Kubiak to be the play caller. For me, even though the Broncos did not win today, I think right now that's kind of the best solution because for about 10 weeks we saw what it was like with Coach Alvin up in the booth and Russell on the field. So let Clint Kubiak continue to... Navigate this offense and let's see what they can pull together.
0: Yeah, and, you know Nathaniel Hackett. That's as big of him to, to say Look, uh, I tried calling the plays. I'm gonna give that up now because I want this team to have success uh, And then Hackett's a lot to sort of manage the game as a whole here uh, What did, what kind of adjustment is that for a guy like Russell Wilson though a totally new voice in your
1: in your ear? Well, to be totally honest, how, how big of an adjustment is it? Because the one guy that spends the most time with the quarterback is not the head coach. It's not the offensive coordinator. It's the quarterback coach. Clint Kubiak has been working side-by-side with Russ since he arrived. If anyone knows Russ better than anyone else, it is Clint Kubiak. So allow him to sit with his quarterback, design plays that he feels would get him into a flow and a rhythm once again, we saw that today, right? The Broncos didn't win the game, but let's keep things in, you know under wraps and then and I guess really think about what it is that we saw. You know, they had wide receivers that were injured, so you had a makeshift mash unit going out there trying to make something happen and make magic. But what happens when you get back at Jerry Judy and the KJ Hamler and you have a Clint Kubiak who's developed that chemistry with Russ and knows exactly what he wants? To me, we've all been asking the question. What's going to happen with this Broncos team moving forward? I think Coach Hackett, I'm not going to say save his job, but this gives us a glimpse into what the Broncos should do or could do to make this season and maybe next a better outcome.
0: Uh, they definitely found some rhythm. I mean, it looked like uh, things were operating. Quick passes, Dulcich, uh, Melvin Gordon on the side, uh, Latavius Murray got going, and that was all, like you mentioned, without Jerry Judy, without K.J. Hamler. So they were missing the, some explosive guys. Let's talk about one situation right down uh, at the end of the game here. The Broncos, are they have the ball. Uh, they're trying to run out the clock here. It's third and ten after the two-minute warning. Okay, the Raiders don't have any timeouts left. They let Russ throw the ball in that situation instead of run it and then uh, just punt the ball. He rolled out, instead of taking the sack, he threw an incomplete pass. The Raiders, after that, had, had a bunch of time uh, uh, to uh, try and make something happen here. 143 left uh, because of the incomplete pass. What do you think about that sequence and uh, what do you think the Broncos could have done differently?
1: Well, hindsight being 2020, you say, hey, Russ. Eat the ball, take the sack. But let's keep this in mind. Russ was sacked three times in this, in this particular game. And in that situation, when you look, go back and look at the route, to me, if Russ could have actually got it into the hands of a wide receiver, it could have been a big play for the Denver Broncos. I mean, he made the right throw. He was still under the rest. But you wonder what was going through his head. Probably Russ, you know, and all the criticisms, like how can I try to make a play? And he tried to make a play and it ended up being the wrong play from a time stamp standpoint
0: so you like the idea hey give the ball to your best player let russell wilson do something instead of just running it and conceding and giving a punt
1: i mean yeah let's go back to the first game of the season when we first got a chance to see russ russ wasn't allowed to get an option to have pick up that i think it was fourth and five mcmanus came in and kicked the field goal so with the game on the line a lot of criticism russ is your quarterback you're paying him a lot of money put the ball in his hand just so happens pressure was right there in his face he really couldn't get the ball out to the wide receiver. And it seems that there was still a little communication issue between he and the, and the wide receiver. He connects that pass. You and I are not having this conversation.
0: Game over. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, that was one situation. And then the other one uh, that you know probably led to uh, some of the way things unfolded here, right before halftime, uh, the Broncos are driving. If they get a score there, they go up 17-7. Going into halftime, they get the ball back first in the third quarter, but instead of a first down with Melvin Gordon, he fumbles the ball. The Broncos have to kick a field goal. It gets blocked. No points right there. That's just to me an example of how when when a team is three and nine or, or uh, three and seven now, that's what teams like that do.
1: Yeah, let's let's take it to boxing for a second. You know, a round is starting to close out. They give that final little click-click sound to let you know the round is almost over. Now you're looking to throw that jab that you want to. You've been holding off, waiting to throw it, but guess what? Now a guy comes with a counter because he's a southpaw and now he puts you on the canvas. That's exactly how that particular play fell with the Broncos. They're ready right there to deliver that overhand blow to now get the W. But now something happens. Now you have a blocked field goal. You go into halftime, deflate it, but you also know that you're going to come out and you're going to receive the ball. So even though you didn't score points before the half, you still have an opportunity to score points. And I think. That was kind of like a quick three and out give the ball back to the Raiders. So another missed opportunity for the Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah, I mean good teams uh, they score there before halftime and then they score again and then they really create that separation. But like you mentioned the Broncos go three and out to start the third quarter. What, what do you think is going on with the third quarter here Nick because uh, the Broncos all season long. They've scored 10 points on the offensive side in the third quarter.
1: Well, it's, it's simple execution. I mean, we were saying that we look at the penalties, right? For the Broncos, I mean, miraculously, we don't have an issue here. Yep. But the Broncos had five penalties for 45 yards. Usually, that's the bugaboo for the Denver Broncos, but not today. The problem was guys missing their block, Russ still being under the rest, Kelvin Harris, Cam Fleming, those guys not being able to hold up when they needed to. And I and I know you are playing against one heck of a player, Max Crosby, but at some point. You need one of those guys to win. If you win, now there's extra time for Russ to find the receivers, even though he was delivering the ball with quick strikes. So, once again, it's just like everyone at different, at any different time in the game found a moment to have a letdown, and that's something that has led to countless losses for the Broncos and again today.
0: The third quarter has uh, certainly been tough. Uh, the one positive here, the one touchdown for the Broncos, Latavius Murray. Uh, he is with Sidney Jones inside the locker room.
2: Thanks, Phil. We're here with running back Latavius Murray. Latavius, first drive of the game, you guys go down and score that touchdown, but you get, the offense able, weren't able to find the end zone again after that. What kind of changed after that drive, and what did you like about that drive?
6: Um, uh, you know, we were able to move the ball, and we finished. Uh, we had other opportunities, and, uh, you know, when we were down there, um, you know, miss, missed opportunities, field goal, uh, You know, got to score touchdowns in the red zone. It's kind of the same story.
2: What was Coach Hackett's message to the team here in the locker room after the game?
6: Um, We're just, you know, tired of the uh, same song, you know, right now. Um, You know, making plays, opportunities out there. So, uh, yeah, just uh, tired of the same song right now.
2: you latavius how do you want to see this run game be more consistent moving forward where you know there's still seven games left of the season here
6: yeah um you know we all got uh you know a job to do responsibility to do um you know regardless of uh when it's going good or when it's going bad so um you know i need to come to work and uh improve uh everybody on this team i think can find something to get better at so that's what we need to focus on and uh uh, and just finish.
2: Latavius, as a vet, you know, what's your message to maybe some of the younger guys on this team?
6: Yeah. Um, I think exactly that. Uh, you know, uh, again, things, things, you know, haven't gone the way we, we, you know, we want it. Um And so, but you know, we got a job to do. We got a responsibility to do. And so, uh, come into work and uh, find something to get better at. End of story.
2: Latavius, appreciate your time. Thank you. Phil, back to you.
0: Thank you very much, Sydney. Uh, that was running back Latavius Murray, who scored his third touchdown of the season for the Broncos. We are back here in studio with Nick Ferguson. Nick, let's talk about the defensive side a, a little bit, if we will. Uh, Not what we're used to seeing, especially there in overtime. uh, Gave up the two big plays. Seemed like maybe a couple of missed assignments there. And then also Josh Jacobs uh, had a big day running. He had 144 yards rushing in the first match of this season with the Raiders. Today, he had 109 yards rushing.
1: Yeah, not the typical output that we're used to seeing from the Broncos uh, defense. And I know the narrative is going to be, well, the defense was tired because the offense could not move the ball in the second half. We talked about the Wolves in the third quarter, but it wasn't that. The guys were in position to make plays, and they didn't make plays. And that's what the game comes down to at the end of the day. You go back to the, the outside rail route against Josie Jewell That became a problem. You look at Alex Singleton. Both Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton had a great game, but once again, you know, they came up, and they but well, they gave up plays when they shouldn't have. Alex Singleton. Foster Monroe, tight end runs past you, you're playing some kind of man coverage, you have to know, if the tight end is running off the ball, and I know Josh Jacobs had 109 yards running, but if a guy's coming at you, you have to know, that's, it's no longer a run, it is a pass play, so you had that particular play, and then you had the two breakdowns in the secondary, which you cannot have because they lead to explosive plays, so uncharacteristic output from this Broncos defense, but we saw it when they played the Raiders earlier in the season when you wanted the defense or you needed the defense to stand up. They couldn't make plays. But once again, man, it's it's same old song, right? I mean, you, you heard Latavius Murray talking about it and it's the same old song over and over again. And I know those guys in that locker room, man. I, I know they're hurting. I know they're frustrated. But once again, go back and watch the tape and you'll see several plays were left out there where they had an opportunity to win this ball game,
0: uh, it does feel like that. There was uh, some opportunities out there. Uh, let's hear from Draymond Jones. Uh, he met the media inside the Broncos locker room.
2: Uh, even after that big play where they scored, uh, we all came here together, and I saw the look on everybody's faces that we meant what we say. But like we're a team, and uh, no matter what the record is, we're going to stick together regardless.
0: Draymond, what's so tough about stopping Josh Jacobs in
2: that run? Um, his ability to bounce out okay. and. Uh, to different levels and, and missed tackles. Um, we didn't do the best job at rallying to him defensively. He kept getting leaky yardage. Whether we, it should have been a one-yard gain, end up being a four-yard game, and so on and so forth. You know, um, he just did a good job.
0: How frustrating is it? Another loss to the Raiders is it six right now for the Broncos. Uh,
2: you know, it's kind of debilitating a little bit. Not gonna lie. Uh, you, you do, you do get pissed off. You do get mad at yourself. But you know, the best thing you do is move forward. You know, we got a group. A good group of guys in his locker room. We got great coaches. Uh, our front office is great. We just have to find a way to win games uh, no matter what. I'm annoyed just as much as you know our friends are. Is
0: so there anything in particular that defense can do a little bit better? I mean, you guys continue to hold teams to 24 fewer points.
2: Uh, is there
0: any secret magic that needs to change?
2: We can score. We can create some more turnovers. We didn't do any. We didn't create any turnovers today. Uh, missed some opportunities. You know, We always preach about tips and overthrows and how we got to get them, and we didn't get them. Uh, there's, there's many things that we could have done better, no matter what we were ranked, you know, whether it's total yards, rushing yards, whatever you want to name it. There's always room to improve, you know, when you lose.
6: Is that what makes it tough for Draymond? It just seems like it's <coughs> such a great locker room. You guys with character you want to win so badly, and yet you come so close, but don't get
2: over the home. Yeah, it sucks. We have a, it's probably one of the best locker rooms I've been in um, with one of the greatest coaches I've been a part of, been, them being so young. It just it sucks because it, it, Part of it feels like all that hard work's for nothing a little bit, but uh, you always gotta remind yourself that you know, you know we're a team, you know we gonna bounce back. Uh, it's more weeks to be to be played. So
5: you you guys are professionals, but is a point where like you just
6: kinda wanna
2: win for coach? Uh I mean we wanna win for coach, but we wanna win for ourselves. I mean I've been here for four seasons. Losing has been losing's been a trend and I'm I'm pretty sick and tired of it. Uh it's harder just to go home and just say, like, I'm, you know, at least I get paid. Like, I don't care about that. Like, I want to win somewhere. Like, it hurts, like, coming from a program like Ohio State, just winning so much. And then you come here, you just lose these little games. You lose in overtime. You lose by three points. You lose by one point. At some point, it just gets, you know, tiring. But, you know, I do have a, a great group of guys that I'm with that can, you know, pick my head up when I'm down, too.
0: That's Broncos' defensive lineman. Draymond Jones, uh, pretty uh, revealing there a little bit, Nick. Uh, The last question there, he answered that honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is what we come to know from Draymond. He's not one of these guys that bite his tongue. And when I think about him, he reminds me of the NBA, Draymond Green. um, (laughs) Not as vocal and aggressive, but he's, he's really telling about what he's thinking inside. You just heard him say, hey, listen, I came from Ohio State. I'm not used to lo- losing. I've been here for four years, right? And th- losing has become somewhat of a trend. So when I, when I heard that, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse, I know Draymond is a guy whose contract is I- up at the end of the season. Is he subtly giving us hints of what he might be thinking because losing can weigh on you. Sometimes when you come from winning programs in college and you lose in the pros, some players get accustomed to it. Like, look at the guys in Cleveland. But he is a guy that played, you know, top-notch football at Ohio State. He doesn't want to get used to losing. And there's so many people in Broncos country who feel the same way Draymond feels because as a guy that came from the Jets and I couldn't beat the Patriots, I couldn't beat the Colts, guess where that happens when I joined the Denver Broncos. So there is a standard that has been in place, but it hasn't been lived up to those expectations thus far.
0: Do you think it's more frustrating, Nick, uh, losing the way the Broncos have lost, uh, you know, six one-possession losses? All of the t- Nine out of the ten games have been one-possession uh, differences there then. Is it worse to lose that way?
1: Oh, absolutely. Listen, when you get blowed out by 20, you know from the very beginning I'm being blowed out by 20, and there's <laughs> no way that we can make a comeback. But when you're steadily losing consistently, Close games and you feel defensively or offensively, you're doing everything that you can during the week. I mean, preparation, halftime adjustments, you're doing everything and you still find ways to lose. Not just losing those one-point games, four overtime losses this season, the Broncos have surrendered to their opponent. Yes, it weighs on you mentally and I mean, listen, I respect Draymond for being honest and being as candid and he did not say what he could have said or what he would probably say once he's in his car driving home but it is frustrating to lose games this close Phil.
0: yeah and, and i think that uh, like he said it wears on you especially the last couple of years it just starts to wear on you a little bit because you feel like this broncos team has talent i mean the injuries have uh, piled up here for the broncos recently but at the beginning of this year you could have said this team might make a push for a Super Bowl run, certainly the playoffs, but then, you know, to be here at three and seven, getting ready for Thanksgiving, nobody saw this coming.
1: Well, first of all, I never thought the Broncos were ready to make a, play, uh, make a Super Bowl run just yet. A couple of pieces short, right? But I thought that this was going to be a team that had the ability to push for a playoff spot, not what we expected. Those expectations were elevated once Russell Wilson was acquired. They have not lived up to those expectations. So I understand the frustration of Broncos country. I hear it, I see it every day. Fans come up to me and talk to me about it. I understand. This is not the standard that we are used to, but this team has to find a way to look within themselves and say, well, we not, we're not making the playoffs. What we need to do is play for one another and try to make sure that we continue to get better as the weeks go on. When we look at the Broncos and, and their average point total, we're talking about maybe 16 points a game. That's the bottom in the NFL. If you want to start making changes and focus on a couple of things, start there first. But also defensively, you have to say you've been playing, all, playing well all season long. For three quarters, you play well. Now you got to get, get back to what you were doing at the beginning of the season, finish all four quarters of football. Now you give this team an opportunity, and that's all you want at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, coming, coming in today, today, into today's game, the Broncos had the best scoring defense and the worst scoring offense in the NFL. <clears throat> and, uh, that sort of explains why all these games have been so close. Uh, let's go back inside that Broncos locker room and hear from linebacker Josie Jewell
3: back
2: uh, next week and you know just fix all that negative stuff and uh try to come up positive
3: you've seen some up and downs in this locker room it seems to be about as down as it gets what do you say amongst yourself to try to you know finish the season on and up here a lot of football to be played
2: there's no reason to give up right now um you know do it for yourself do it for the team uh do it for the people you care about so we're gonna keep on we're gonna keep on going and uh keep on playing our hardest Josie,
0: appreciate time. Thank you so much. You guys will set it back.
3: What went wrong against Josh Jacobs today? I mean, we didn't have any big
6: rushing plays, but the big pass play went over the hundred yard mark.
2: Yeah, it was just situational stuff.
0: <laughs> how, how do you unload this when this is, like, it, it's almost a sense of deja vu, the way this football team loses games so close so far. Can you just give me a sense of how you unpack that and mentally how you stay sharp?
2: Yeah, I mean, we just need to finish games at that plain and simple. Um, you know, we do well in the first quarter, second quarter, uh, third, and then we just need to keep that throughout the fourth quarter uh, and stay consistent. And then, and then this game, we need to bring that to overtime. Um, you know, we had a couple too many uh, missed opportunities and enemies uh, for us. What is it about the Raiders and the AFC West opponents that kind of guys have your number right now?
3: three-plus years. Anything
2: about that? Great question. I wish I knew it.
0: Another uh, honest moment there from uh, Josie Jewell at the end, who had one heck of a game, almost had an interception, had a, a sack earlier on there. Uh, Nick, let's talk about Devontae Adams uh, for the Raiders here. Probably the best wide receiver in the NFL, seven catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns against the Broncos here today. Did you like how the Broncos, well, obviously those numbers don't suggest it, but right. did you like how they game planned in initially, like the, the idea, the scheme was good? Or would you rather just say, hey, let, let Pat Sertan, the second, probably the best quarterback in the league, go up against Adams, the best wide receiver?
1: Yeah, I, I would have chose to uh, do that because in the first meeting, That seemed to work well, putting PS2 on Devontae Adams. Devontae, in that first matchup, he had made his catches, but still, a lot of those catches were made finding a soft spot in the zone. And you go back to last week when the Raiders played the Colts, the Colts played a lot of zone coverage, and Devontae Adams once again hurt them offensively. And a guy that talented, you want to challenge him at the line of scrimmage, you want to make things difficult for that offensive line and Derek Carr to find some of the rhythm. But once again, remember what we know going coming into this game. No Darren Waller, no Hunter Renfro. So there's only two options for the Raiders. It was Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. So I love how the Broncos started off covering him. But once we got into that second half, it seemed like it was more zone coverage. And we saw with the two touchdowns and explosive plays what Devontae Adams can do to you when you play zone coverage.
0: Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Russell Wilson accompanied that first drive of the game. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. It, the quick passes, uh, it, it seemed like they were just rolling. They found some rhythm there. Greg Dulcich was in the mix, Kendall Hinton. Uh, the Broncos made the most of the, the weapons that they had today. They didn't have a, a, a Devontae Adams to go to.
1: No, they didn't. But this is where, you know, Clint Kubiak, we wanted to see, well, what was he going to do knowing as though, hey, this is your first time being the signal caller for the Denver Broncos, but yes, I thought the quick passing game was something that was brilliant and it took the pressure off the offensive line, knowing as though that was a unit that was uh, beat up and you had some guys who were beat up playing with guys they've never played with or hadn't played with consistently. And then you look at your two tackles, you have Calvin Anderson and Cam Flemings, and and you have to say, well, Cam Flemings isn't 100 percent. Now, I I don't even know if he's 80 percent, but I give him credit for trying to get out there and make things happen. But. Once again, one-man wrecking crew for the Raiders. It was Max Crosby. And one thing this dude was doing, he was chasing down plays from the backside. And you think, typically, outside linebackers, defensive ends, they don't do that. So, for me, starting out with a quick passing game, establish somewhat of a rhythm. And here's something I'm, I'm just slightly disappointed with, even from the Broncos to the beginning or even to now. You play in the altitude. That defense is not used to playing in altitude. And we saw the Broncos starting that fourth quarter go to more of a tempo. And we saw them wearing down the defense. I was like, man, let's do more of that. We we didn't see it. Hopefully, if Clint Kubiak remains the signal caller, we don't know based on what Coach Hackett said. Hopefully, if he remains, now we see more of that.
0: Yeah, on that field goal drive, it felt like that. Uh, they got the ball to uh, Cortland Sutton. They got the ball to uh, Melvin Gordon on the outside. They got a little bit of, of pace, rhythm, tempo. Uh, those things tend to work for the Broncos' offense. Uh, let's hear from uh, Kendall Hinton, the Hall of Famer. That is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of his memorabilia in the Hall of Fame when he started the game a couple years ago as a quarterback. Uh, let's uh, go back into the locker room and hear from him.
4: Yeah, this thong. Um I mean we, we we knew the situation. We knew uh you know what this game was. Um shit, I mean it's gonna hurt. Uh shit, I let it sting tonight and, and prepare next week. Um, or prepare tomorrow for, for next weekend.
6: Kendall you guys moving the ball if you have some catches. I think early on like, today's the day we're gonna put up.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is not the first game we've you know connected and, and got some good uh, good drives going. I think it's just a matter of being consistent. Um, so no, I, I, no, I didn't uh, you know feel like I was you know this is going to be a crazy game. I just thought let's continue to execute, let's continue to uh, be consistent.
0: Kendall, how would you like the rhythm of the offense? How it was being called first drive? Give me a sense for what the difference was out there today.
4: Um, I mean, it's tough to say. We uh, I think we picked up the tempo on those guys uh, a little bit, but um, I think we just executed well that first half. Um, Coach Kubiak, uh, you know, he was calling plays today. Um, I, ju- I just think we executed well.
0: you feel like there's a sense of rhythm, even though it might have been short lasted
5: for the first few drives that we guys didn't punch as much as we had last few weeks?
4: Yeah, yeah. We definitely caught a rhythm. We caught some momentum. Um, you know, we were making plays. Uh, you know, we, we see what we can do when you know when guys are clicking. Do
0: you think you ran right on that touchdown?
4: It was close. It was close. Yeah.
6: Thanks, Kendall. Is there a point where you, you guys are almost? It seems like everyone loves playing for Coach Hackett. Is it? Do you guys feel like maybe we got a win for him just to take the heat off him
4: a little bit? Um. Uh, yeah, everybody loves Hackett. Uh, um. No, I don't, I don't think we're, we're playing for our, for our coach to take the heat off of them. Everybody in this locker room wants to win, um, and that's what we're playing for. We're playing for everybody. We're playing for each other, uh, playing for the organization. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think guys are, you know, we're playing for each other.
0: That's Broncos wide receiver Kendall Hinton. He had uh, three catches for 57 yards and almost a touchdown uh, here today. Back here in studio with Nick Ferguson. Nick, uh, the Broncos sitting at three and seven at that point in the season where maybe you start to look at some individuals, see what kind of talent you have on this roster moving forward. Kendall Hinton, certainly one of those guys. Uh, Who are some other guys maybe you're going to keep an eye on here down the stretch, see if the Broncos have some hidden talent on this roster.
1: Well, you know, one of those guys is Brandon Johnson. I know they they brought him up from the practice squad. Didn't really see a lot of action, but if we're going to go several other more weeks and no Jerry Judy, no KJ Hamler, I said put him in the game and see what happened. Also, Jalen Virgil. I mean, I mean, he was kind of even in, in the loss, he was kind of the darling for of the offense for the Denver Broncos. Didn't really see him get involved that much. A, a, a guy I definitely would love to see more. Montre Washington. Here's a guy who's been known as a punt returner, kickoff returner. Let's try to find ways to get him a little more involved. And when you are in a desperate mode or your back is against the wall like the Broncos are offensively due to um, not having a lot of wide receivers outside the numbers, you have to try and exhaust almost everything. So hopefully these guys get more opportunities, and I would love to see more Greg Dosage.
0: A guy like Montrell Washington, I wanted to ask you about him. A returner who seems to be struggling right now. I mean, a, lo- a little bit of indecision, unsure whether he should feel the ball, let it bounce behind him. Do you think just getting him more comfortable out on the field, playing a little, maybe some offense, just getting him more familiar with the game a little bit, that could help ease his, his feeling out there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I go back to my, my days with uh, the New York Jets. And we had Santana Moss, who were drafted in the first round out of University of Miami. And they have some of the similar skill set. Santana was a little more explosive. But as a young guy, when they're punting those balls, they're kicking those balls off and you're not getting that many opportunities, knowing as though you're not getting opportunities on special teams and on offense, you're trying to turn every single play. Into a big play. And I think that's the thing that he is kind of struggling with. He wants to make plays. So if the Broncos were able to get him a little more involved with the offense, get him a couple more touches, you won't see him trying to press as a kick return or a punt return.
0: Yeah, sometimes uh, people are saying, hey, he's struggling, get him out of the game. Maybe the opposite might be true. Uh, Just get him a little bit more comfortable out there. Who knows? I mean, I'm willing to try anything, I guess, at this point, Nick. You mentioned another guy, Greg Dulcich. He had three catches, or four catches today for 30 yards. He also was talking inside the locker room.
6: Uh, I mean, we were kind of, hard hard to really say. I just listened to the play call and I kind of just trying to do my job. Um, So yeah, I can't give you great insight on that, sorry.
4: (laughs) Like it you're
6: up 10-7. Yeah, I mean, and we're moving the ball well, and you know, we're just saying let's keep doing that, let's keep executing. Them. We got to finish, um, you know, because three points is great, but we want six. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of paying attention to those details and he getting it done. Six loss by a
2: touchdown or less. What's the conversation like after
6: the game? And how does that... um, yes, you know, same same sort of thing. We just got to get over that hump, and we will. You know, we got a great group of people. Um, You know, really good organization. So we we're, we're gonna get there.
3: What's the frustration level there? You talk about being able to move the ball real well in the first half, last couple of games. What do you think was different in the second half, and what did it feel like for
6: um, us? Uh, hard to say, really. Just other than you know, not not executing. Um, and we all got to be better. Uh, we all got to you know kind of look at ourselves and see you know what can we do to you know take that take that next step. So.
0: And that's pretty much all uh, you can say if you're a rookie tight end in the NFL here with Greg Dulcich, uh, Just doing what the coach says to do and uh, see if this thing can turn around uh, down the stretch here as the Broncos uh, lose to the Raiders in overtime, 22-16, to fall to 3-7 and seven on the year. A couple of le- uh, things left to talk about here with you, Nick. The Broncos, for the second game in a row, jumped out to a 10-0 lead. Where do things go wrong for this team at that point? Because you think if you just get one more or something like that, you f- feed off the momentum a little bit, then you could avoid these one score games.
1: Yeah. Well, usually what happens in, in these types of uh, games, is there's always a letdown and the letdown either offensively or defensively. You heard Greg Dosage talk about it him, right there. It was about executing and learning how to finish. They moved the ball down the field. Let's be totally honest. It wasn't as efficient as we would like as fans. But at times, the Broncos moved the ball down the field, gave you a lot of hope that, hey, listen, once they got into that high red zone, 20 yards going in, then that that was at least putting them in a the position where they can kick a Brandon McManus field goal or gave you the hopes that maybe they would be able to punch it in. But when you're not able to finish drives, that is something that leads to you losing games, obviously. And if you want to improve as a team, you have to find a way to put the ball over the goal line and and score points. I know it's easier said than done. I think that this team is capable of it. They are showing it. They showed it today. But it was always a play here, a play there. And that's been the storyline of the Broncos season here in 2022.
0: It does feel like in some of those key moments, if you just make one or two plays, you can really put a team away. Uh, do you subscribe to the theory that like uh, the ball just bounces well for teams that know how to win, teams that know how to lose? They t- it tends to bounce the other way.
1: No, it's not necessarily you know the, the b- follow the bouncing ball. It is just you need your impact players to make impact type of plays. And the Broncos had players in position. Kareem Jackson was in a position to make a play, but he couldn't. The ball came off the hands of Josh Jacobs. But Josie Jewell had a chance. I would say maybe that play would have sealed the game, but I'm not going to hold Josie Jewell to that and say, hey, listen, that play was the play that cost the Broncos a game because it's four quarters. It's 60 minutes. There are 22 guys on either side of the ball that have an opportunity to make plays. Corlin Sutton missed a, uh, a, a catch himself. Russ was off on the throw. So it's every single player, every single game making somewhat of a faulty play and when you are beat up the way that the Broncos are, you can't afford to have your, your impact players make those types of plays.
0: Yeah, uh, seriously, I mean, there were a few times where the Broncos really could have put the ball away, but Gordon fumbles, or you miss an opportunity for a turnover there, or even after a two-minute warning, you convert their game over. So many chances that if you just make one of those it's a different outcome. Uh, you're not going to overtime, and uh, things are much better here. Uh, Nick, last thing for you here. It's a short week. The Broncos, uh, with Thanksgiving, you know, the, I, I consider that a holiday week there, a little bit of a, a short week. What do you want to see before they head out to Carolina to play the Panthers?
1: Well, I want to see a group of guys that recommit themselves. It's something about the holidays and being around your family that changes your mentality. Usually that happens during the bye week. But once again, I'm going to look at this Thanksgiving you know, week as another bye week, another opportunity to have self-reflection. Because right now, no one's thinking about playoffs. They're thinking about winning the next game. And even though the Broncos have now dropped two games in a row, you can come, with, you can come out, get yourself together, be ready to play against Carolina. And I'm not saying it's going to make everyone forget what's happened thus far, but a win can cure a lot of things around here.
0: Yeah, uh, one win, it's a week-to-week league, uh, can really help you feel better. Nick, are you a fan of Thanksgiving? You like Thanksgiving?
1: Oh, of course, man. I mean, that's food. Who? who wait a minute, first of all, who's not a fan of food? <laughs> I am a fan of food, and I love Thanksgiving because I, you get family, you get football, and you get a chance to eat. Yeah, food. It's the,
0: a good holiday. Yeah, huh? the,
1: the three Fs, as I call them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Nick, uh, we searched deep into our archival footage, and uh, our friends at uh, CBS4 here in town helped us uh, unearth this. No.
1: Gobble, 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 gobble. Is that like yada, 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 yada for Thanksgiving? Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble back in dinner. Woo! Feel good save. Wow, uh you really dug that deep into crates on that one. I don't even remember that guy. Who who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> gobble gobble. Gobble gobble gobble. <laughs> Some good memories, huh? Yes, yeah, great, great memories. And and we won that game, and I had an interception, too. Oh. Yes, yes. Okay. So, gobble, gobble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good memories uh, from that uh, back then, from your playing days. Hey, we just heard word that uh, Russell Wilson is at the podium. We're going to say goodbye as we toss it over to uh, Russell Wilson, who's speaking at the podium. For Nick Ferguson, I am Phil Milani. This has been Broncos Postgame Live.
3: As we have the wireless microphone. <clears throat> How's everybody doing?
0: Yeah, Russ, um, you've had so many of these close losses. Do you think it's uh, you know you're not you're not good enough to win these close games, or is it a fact that uh, this team is still trying to figure out after five six years of losing, you know how to win a game, especially when it's on the line late?
3: Yeah, I I think that um, we're on the we're on the learning end of um, the experience of how to get back to winning. You know, and um, sometimes it's a journey, sometimes it's an ugly one. Um, sometimes it's a tough one, you know. What hurts probably more than anything else, I would say, is is that um, these games are close, you know. They're one-score one games, you know, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we, ha- we have to be able to find ways to win them. I think, you know, it's it'd almost be, uh, it's never good to, never good to lose but it's almost like man at least, at least somebody kick our butt you know feel <laughs> like we can't be in the game you know what I mean it's it's um it's been it's been definitely difficult in that sense um but I also know that um we're in, we're in a, a pruning process uh we're in a process of understanding that um the journey um of winning and the journey of learning how to be our best Throughout a whole entire game, learning how to continue to grow, learning how to stay together. Um, we have one of the best defenses in the world. Um, you know, we we have we have really good potential with, uh, on offense. Um, potential doesn't mean anything. You know, it just means that we haven't done it yet. And uh, but we're going to keep working for it. That's for sure. I thought we um, we had a really good game for the most part on offense. I thought we moved the ball well. I thought. Uh, guys made some really great catches. Cortland on the go ball down the sideline, the back shoulder go ball that was amazing. He had a great game. I thought Kendall Hinton stepped up again. I mean, what a great play early in the game, the first drive of the game where he catches it across the field, dodges the guy, dives and puts the ball over the goal line. Um, they don't call it a touchdown for him, but what a great play. And the next play we, we give the ball to 2-8 and he runs it right through there. Um, what a tough, tough, uh, tough um, run by him and great job of the O line. I mean, there's a lot of really good things in the game, you know, and so. Um, but not good enough, and you know, obviously, um, this game meant a lot to us. It meant a lot to us for a lot of different reasons. It meant a lot to us to to uh, get, continue to keep that perspective and continue to keep pushing um, and, and everything else. But also, um, obviously, it's an AFC West game, and we got to win those, you know. And so, um, so yeah. Um, Russell, can you take us through the, the conversation during the two-minute warning, coming out to that that third and ten play, and then? sort of the decision to try to push ball on the field and then what you sort of saw as that play? Yeah, we, we, when we called a pass play, um, you know, it was third and ten, called a pass play to, uh, to you know, try to end the game basically um, right there. Um, we, we get a first down, the game's over. Um, and then, uh, I you know, they kind of covered it up pretty good. I kind of got outside the pocket and then Virgil was coming scrambling down. Thought I had him and, and uh, tried to take a shot to him. And the ball just, you know, kind of went away for a little bit. But we got, a, we got the best defense in the world and, you know, unfortunately, um you know, it didn't work out this time. They've been unbelievable all year, unbelievable all year, stopping, stopping, stopping teams. And unfortunately, it didn't work tonight. Um, and that's why us as an offense, we got to make sure we find more touchdowns. Like I said earlier in the week, you know. And um, like I said, we moved the ball really well early in the game. We got all the way down there. Unfortunately, um, we we didn't score a touchdown on that one. Um, and then we, the field goal got blocked, unfortunately. So that's that's that score could have been 17-7, you know. And so we gotta we gotta find ways to make more touchdowns and. Uh, that's what the name of the game is, right? So, um, you know, that's something that I've always known how to do, and we gotta, we got to figure that out. And I thought Coach Kubiak called a great game. I thought, um, you know, I thought even with the big transition, obviously, of it all, I thought he was really sharp. He communicated well. I thought Coach J.O. was great on the sideline, too, um, Justin Outen. So, um, <clears throat> it, was, it was smooth in that sense, as well. So, I thought the guys played really well. I mean, I want to give credit to the offensive line, too. I mean, they, they really battled all night. And those guys on the edge, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, I mean, I've, I've played Max a little bit, obviously, but also, also Chandler, how great he's been over all these years. Um, those guys did a tremendous job blocking up front, and they gave us a really great chance to win tonight, and unfortunately we didn't.
0: How was that transition to Kubiak? Were you practicing it all week? And, Russ, is there any worry about the status of Coach Hackett after another difficult loss and this team putting itself 3-7 and seven, unable to win in the division?
3: Um, well, first of all, going back to your first question, I think Coach Kubiak, um, he's you know he's called the game before. He's a tremendous coach. Um, you know he's a great offensive mind. He, he, he's you know he's um, he's in the QB room every day, obviously coaching us up every day. So you know we, we're always talking. And um, throughout training camp, he called plays too, some and just um, <clears throat> you know especially in practice and stuff like that. Um, Justin Allen can call plays too as well. Obviously Coach Hackett too. So um, we got got three guys that can. Definitely, you know, call it up for us, and they, they mix it up in practice, and you know. But I thought this week, Coach Kubiak really um, did a great job of doing it um, throughout practice, and um, Coach Hackett too, and just communicating and what we wanted to do. And I thought we we executed most of those things tonight for sure. Um, I thought the guys, like I said, the offensive line, receivers, and all that um, guys played did some really good things tonight. Um, Going back to your second question, can you ask you what's your second question?
0: You
3: know, listen, I, I think that any time you play this game professionally, um, anytime there's tough days, right? There's there's always talk, there's always chatter. Um, we're gonna do everything we can. To turn this thing around that's all we're focused on we can't focus on anything else as, as, as a team as players as coaches as a collective organization uh, we're all in and uh, we're going to do everything we can to to get this thing turned around and focus on tomorrow focus on you know how can we get better and listen i you know came here uh knowing that this is going to be a journey didn't come here uh for for a quick uh you know when, when everything you know happens and you know uh life changes like this um, you have to be able to know that God's going to take you on a journey and I'm willing to go as far as we need to go for it and work my butt off every day. Um, we're going to get these guys going every single day, the best that they can possibly be. And it's disappointing. It's disappointing for all of us. It's disappointing uh, definitely for me I, I, you know, and this team. But um, the only thing that we know is to keep going and keep working and understand that um, the journey is going to be worth it in the long run. And that's, that's what we're focused on.
2: Russ, pretty much every year that you were in
3: Seattle, you were in, in the playoffs and, and or obviously close to it the, the couple years you weren't. Maybe you know, the injury is part of it last year for you. But for these guys that haven't been in it, Justin was just asked about the math. Uh, be, your margin for error, I guess, is less and less. So how do you stay aware of that without dwelling on the fact that you, you really can't lose at this point and have a shot at the postseason? We can't lose any more games. I mean, this is the truth. You know, that's got to be our mentality. Um, if we win every game, it still doesn't mean anything right so um, the thing though is is that how do you win every game you win just one game at a time one day at a time one practice at a time and that's all i know from winning winning is a is an obsession an obsession a lifestyle with every single moment every single moment every single day even, even in your worst days when uh, things in life aren't going the way you want it to, or uh, maybe you don't feel your best as a player, or um, you know, as a, you know, maybe maybe things are going on. Whatever it may be, as a collective team, right? All those things are real, right? And uh, when you got 53 plus guys fighting for the same thing, um, um, we all we all um, are trying to do it together. And I think in the midst of it, obviously, um, in the midst of this journey, like I was saying a little bit before, um, you know. Uh, the The winning part of it all is a process. It's a process of an everyday obsession, every day trying to be our best, trying to play better, trying to all do it together, um, not to blink an eye. Um, true winners, when 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 adversity hits, and this is and I think this is a really critical point. True winners, when adversity hits, they don't blink. They don't blink. Garrett. Uh, Russ, you speak of, of a journey. Where did you expect to be on the journey
5: when you first came here compared to where you are now?
3: Well, I think there's a lot that's happened, obviously. I mean, I think it's been difficult to see some of our best players go down. I think it's been difficult just um, for us to – obviously, like I said earlier, for us not to win these close games. we got to be able to win them. That's what – you know, it's National Football League. The, the, the percentages and the, and the moments, uh, they all come down to – most games come down to one score games or possibly two score games that's That's the reality when you got good teams going after it and so um <clears throat> you know, I think that we all want to be uh, further along um, like I said today was uh we got better today, but it wasn't good enough and so um, we got to just keep going Last one. You have play
4: ball? yep Russ, what what is your level just of personal frustration at this moment of you've you've had times in your career when you it's time to make a play and one happens, but that has not really happened for you yet, here, late game situations.
3: Yeah, it's happened a couple times for us, but not enough. You know, I think, you know, um, obviously in the 49ers game, we made, you know, made some big ones in uh, Houston game and um, some of these other games we've been close. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, of course, you're incredibly frustrated in the sense that, um, you know, you, you, we know that we can be better. We know our record should be better. Um, we know that um, where we should be right now is a lot further along than where we are, um, and that that's that's probably the part that um, you know you, you you struggle with the most. But also too the part that um, gives you a small glimpse of understanding that we're going somewhere, and we ha- we have to understand that um, the only thing we can do is just get better. And we got seven games ago, seven games ago. Um, we got to have a relentless approach for the next seven games, and uh, see where that takes us. And um, you can't control all the rest; you can't control anything else. But your attitude, you can't control anything else. But um, your work ethic. We can't control anything else. Um, but how we how we uplift each other and just keep working, and also you know challenge each other to be the best version of ourselves. Um, we got to make every practice like the game. We got to make every moment uh, understand that. Um, you know, every play and every moment, every note, everything that we do, um, is for us to to be better and give us a chance. You know, one day and, and soon and hopefully. And so, um, there's a lot a lot of games left. We got a lot of people that root for us, a lot of people that mean a lot to us, obviously from families to friends, but also obviously Broncos country. And um, we owe it to you guys to to be better. We owe it to you guys to for the next seven games to get everything we have, which we have already, but we got to do more. We got to find more. So that's what we that's what we got to do and that's that's the only thing that, that's the only thing i think about right now thank you very much thank you guys mm-hmm. yeah. Appreciate it.